0: (laughs) Welcome to another episode of Seize the Moment Podcast. I'm Alan. That's Leon. Leon. (laughs)
1: That's
0: right. And today we're going to talk about our favorite podcasts, why we like them, what inspires us about them, or if it's just, you know, just to laugh, just to enjoy. Um, We'll talk about that. So Leon, I guess, uh, what's one of your favorite podcasts?
1: That is a great question. So the first podcast that I would mention is the Lex Friedman podcast. So for those of you guys who don't know, so Lex Friedman, who's like a staple on the Joe Rogan show, he has a bunch of kind of like intellectuals and obviously different types of guests and kind of different types of fields. And so I'm sure you know Alan, obviously, because you listen to him all the time. Um, Lex has really dope guests and they talk about kind of like... um, sort of ways of, I guess, kind of progressing humanity in a nutshell. So if you're like looking for podcasts in terms of growth and in terms of personal development, so for me, at least, Lex Friedman is like the go-to guy. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I like Lex. Lex is cool. He I like how uh, he prefaces a lot of things with uh, like his emotions with, you know, this is a Russian way of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. This is the this is my Russian way of expressing myself. And I, I like it because it, it's cool. You don't see too many people in uh, mainstream culture doing that, especially with our backgrounds as you know, as a Russian Ukrainian or, or Georgian and all that. And uh, I like I like that uh, he he definitely presents our culture and does it uh, justice in a in a way. Although I'm not really a culture sort of guy, I'm, I'm fine with you know diversity of culture. But it's it's cool to see somebody kind of representing in that sense. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a genius. He's a deep thinker. Um, talks a lot about uh, existentialism. Uh, why we're here. Uh, why do we exist? What's our purpose? What's what what are we here to uh, create right, and and he relates that a lot to um, his specialty, which is artificial intelligence. And uh, one of the things that he wants to create is um, a, a hu- like a robot companion, one that's mm-hmm. as sentient as a, as a human, um, but uh, but technological, right? And that's that's fascinating. Um, I, I've heard there's actually some progress uh, in that field. Um,
1: Wait, what? What's and I the, wonder
0: how long it'll be till we. What's what's the
1: point? What is he trying to get out of that? Like he actually like wants to live with this companion or is this just like for the purpose of just having said that he created it? it's like a thing like that.
0: So that's interesting that you say that you asked that. So I'm I wonder if his view has changed um, now, but. What he had said when he was first on Joe Rogan's podcast, which uh, it was that he wanted to create a fe- like a female robot companion, mm-hmm. someone he can love and loves him back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was interesting, right? Uh, Rogan was kind of flabbergasted. He's like, "Why? Why do you? Why do you need that from a robot? Why can't you just meet a girl out there and all that?" And um, I forget what Lex's reply was, but. I think it's just that he feels that uh, humans are very messy Mm -hmm. and very contradictory and um, will think one way one day, feel one way, and then change the very next. And there's this uh, lack of um, predictability to them, uh, which you could argue actually is what makes humans um, so unique and so wonderful too, because, because of that lack of predictability. Uh, But it's also, it's like a double-edged sword, right? It, it, on one level, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, We're not these uh, rigid, unchanging um, creatures, right? Although a lot of times we like to behave that way personality wise, we may develop rigid personalities, but in actuality, we're not, we're like, we're human beings, right? Like literally in a constant state of being, there's a constant uh, change is the only constant, right? right? So um, yeah, I wonder if his perspective has changed though. I don't think he's averse to to going out there meeting girls and having some kind of like companion like that, but definitely it's it's his passion to create a, a sentient um, AI or to help create it. Um, I know he works with Elon Musk, too, which is pretty cool. And he knows him very well. He's had him on his podcast. So like if anyone's uh, interested in seeing what an interview with Elon Musk looks like in a long form sort of way, instead of getting those like tidbits of news or like game stocks or, or uh, you know, hashtag Bitcoin or the memes that Elon will post, instead of getting tidbits of him like that, you can yeah. see, I believe there's more than two interviews on Lex's show with Elon Um, one on Rogan too, uh, if you wanted to pivot to Rogan, uh, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah.
1: Yeah. And and you know, like what's, I guess would be probably funny for some people is I actually didn't get into Lex because of the AI stuff. I actually know nothing about artificial intelligence, how it's created, why people want to create it or what the motives are behind it. So for me, the reason why I like Lex is because he had particular like intellectuals on from like the fields of philosophy and psychology, like, you know, Sheldon Solomon. So like for me, right, he's more of a, Uh, I don't even know what the right term would be, but I guess he's more of like a facilitator, I guess, of like psychological or emotional growth. And, you know, for me, he is like, I don't know, a computer scientist or, uh, or I don't know. What are people, what are they called? Like people who are, uh, who develop AI? Is there like a specific sort of name for their field or no?
0: Mm, It's not a mechanical engineer. Um, Okay.
1: So what, okay. That, that's good enough. I don't know anything about that. See, I also don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. Cause I'm assuming like most people like his podcast because they're thinking like, Oh, like he's going to talk about like, you know, futurism and technology and whatever. Like I, I, couldn't care less about that. So what's cool about him is that I think, um, and I think we're kind of basing what we're doing off of like his platform in addition to Rogan too. But for us, I think the idea is that like, we're trying to get sort of different people from different fields, even fields that we're not even well versed in. Like, you know, when we had John Berman, right. Like we don't like, we're not experts in vaccines, but uh, I think what we're doing is we're trying as best as we can. We can to have like an all-around program where it's like they're going to be topics that we're experts in and then obviously they're going to be sort of people who come on and they're going to talk about things that we have like no clue or mostly no clue about so with Lex I feel like for him he really helped us develop that kind of platform and um, why I got into him again I don't you know listen to every show and I definitely don't even listen to the AI, AI stuff but I think he's really um I think what he does is very similar to what we kind of do, like, because obviously we picked up on it. Um, what he does is even though he's like an expert in that field, and I assume when he has like those people on, he probably can like shoot the shit with them really well and, you know, talk about these different ideas. For us though, right? Why I think we're good or why he resemb- get why we probably resemble him is because what he's doing, right? When he talks to like psychologists, philosophers, he's super curious and inquisitive. So he's able to pretty much say like, Hey guys, you know, um, I don't really know too much about this stuff, but I love to have these people on. So like, you know, our audience, as long as me, oh, I'm sorry, as as well as me. So our audience, as well as me, we could kind of learn from these different people and learn these different approaches to, I don't know, whatever philosophy, you know, psychology and the kind of various fields they're in. So I really love that. And Rogan pretty much does the same thing. And um, I think my hope is that like our podcast is sort of like in, in that kind of vein too.
0: One thing that uh, I definitely appreciate about um, a good podcaster, someone like Lex, is he genuinely has uh, an interest in uh, in his field and also the fields of the guests that he wants to have on, right? And because of that genuine interest, I, I feel like that sort of transfers through the screen, or, or if somebody's listening, it, it transfers auditorily right. too. You, it feels interesting because they're interested, right? So sometimes I can listen to somebody in a field. You know that that's a guest on Lexis show. Let's say it's a, um, and he was on Rogan's show too. His name is uh, Dr. Ben Gertzvel. Uh He's the COO, I think, of um, Hanson Robotics. Uh, they're they're the uh, company that created the the Sophia robot which is this Mm -hmm. uh human-like robot it doesn't have like it's still you can still see the um the gears and different machinations in in the skull but Mm -hmm. um it's actually pretty good at having conversations with people and i think it has um she has sorry uh different uh like uh certifications or like licenses to uh or sorry passports like over 20 different passports, all these different countries. It's like the first robot to be like uh, uh, treated that way. So it, it's 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 funky uh, what's going on uh, behind the scenes with that. But why D- Dr. Ben Gertzville was interesting is he he's also a futurist in a way. Well, not just a futurist, he actually has a team that's working on creating a generally intelligent AI. Mm-hmm. So general intelligence is um, creativity, right? The ability to not just uh computate, like you put in a certain uh, formula or you put in uh, a certain programming and the machine is subject to that programming and they won't do anything outside of what they're programmed to do. That's, that's essentially what's um, fascinating about uh, programming and machines in general, right? They won't do anything outside of what you program them to do. However, if they were essentially to create a generally intelligent AI that had creativity that could make its own decisions and was sentient. Well, imagine that plus the computation speed of a, of a computer. Imagine the things that they could come up with. Imagine uh, what they can then create too in turn. And then what kind of exponential growth would lead from that. For example, if you created the first generally intelligent AI, all of a sudden it started marshaling resources and at, yeah, because it's computating things so quickly, way faster than we ever would it may make progress that would have taken us 200 years to to create and i don't know what the actual time frame is you'd have to listen to one of Lex's podcasts but uh by orders of magnitude um less so uh, maybe instead of 200 years it might be 10 years it might be a year it might be five years whatever mm-hmm. uh one of dr ben gertzville's uh, cool ideas was that once you actually create that um a generally intelligent AI, it may start coming up with Nobel prize winning discoveries mm-hmm. every other second. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really wonder what the implications of that are when that first, you know, arrives into the world. There's also Dr. Ray Kurzweil. Uh, have you heard of him before? No, no. he, uh, he is, um, he, he's predicting that there's going to be a, a, a technological uh, singularity, he, he although and he has made lots of different predictions about lots of different things. Uh, I suggest anyone listening just to look into the things that he's predicted before and been able to sort of use Moore's law to predict different technological developments pretty accurately. So he thinks in 2048, that's when we'll have this AI singularity, this general intelligent AI that's going to shift everything. Um, but yeah, this guy, Dr. Ben Gertzville thinks that that's going to happen way sooner. And, um, that was just very fascinating. Um, Mm -hmm. interesting to hear that. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, wow. Yeah. That's actually, so, I mean, so again, there's like this kind of like this human component to Lex's show, which I obviously love. And then there's obviously sort of this dreamer component, right? Where you're sort of thinking about like technological advances, the future, whatever, very kind of science fiction light, but possibly realistic too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's like one of the, I, well, for me, again, the psychology and the human aspect of it is the main reason why I like Lex's show. So there's another show. Have you ever heard of the hidden brain podcast? Yeah. Okay. That's like one of my favorites. So it's, it's an NPR show and it's literally like, um, so the guy covers, I've forgot his name man so he covers like pretty much like different like aspects of cognitive distortions and like you know different kind of biases that we have and different sort of things that we believe that are not necessarily true and that negatively affect our lives and our health and our mental health so like he has like um let's say like why is it that rich people are never satisfied and why is it that if let's say you're if let's say you're going to be rich right you're never going to be satisfied why do we have a constant desire to compare to other people and why is it that we only compare it upwardly Right. And then he would have like an episode on the halo effect and how we would essentially um, so we would take like a particularly good trait and then we would kind of, uh, let's say, generalize or infer from that a whole character. And it's like this person is beautiful. Therefore, they're amazing. Or this person is amazing. Right. Even therefore, they're beautiful. You can do that, too. So why I love The Hidden Brain so much is because like, I think it's only about 30 to 50 minutes and he'll have a guest on, but what's so interesting is the way like his show is pieced together. So in the beginning, the show will be like uh, some sort of like example, right? He will give you like a story, like right? in the story it highlights whatever distortion he's th- gonna talk about or think about. So you have like that part, right? Then the second part of it is where he outlines what the distortion is and how like it was kind of, um, how it was pretty much exemplified in his story. And then after that, he'll have a particular guest come on for maybe about 15 to 20 minutes and then the guest will kind of give them like, let's say, a more sort of professional or academic understanding of it and how another kind of like more examples of it. And why I really love that show is that like, it gives first of all, it's entertaining as fuck. But then on top of that, like it's super educational, but it doesn't bombard you with information. So it's not like, you know, 50 minutes of just this person lecturing at you. He'll give you this great story in the beginning. Then it'll kind of follow up with the educational piece. And then it'll kind of follow up with, you know, kind of professional experience and pretty much like professional, I guess, academic information um but like it's so interesting because again oh and then by the way I think in the end he even goes back to the story too um like I don't know maybe there's some additional aspect of it that he didn't cover or uh maybe sort of like based on the exam or maybe not based on the examples based on the information that like professional the guest gave maybe he'll kind of use that information to relate it back to the story so it's like it's such a cool podcast because again it's like 50 to I'm sorry thirty into 50 minutes, you get so much from it. And then the idea is it doesn't really bombard you or overload you with information. So that's one I would also recommend. What about you,
0: hmm. man? What Plus, about you? What are your what are your Well, favorite? I wanted to tag what you said. Sure. sure. Yeah, so like the halo effect, right? How useful is that to know, actually? I think that's incredibly useful, right? If, if you know that you may assume all these uh, wonderful traits um, Based on just how somebody looks, let's say, let's say you, you see someone who's attractive to you, right? And all of a sudden, you, because they're attractive, you immediately put them on a uh, a pedestal, sort of, uh, sort of speak, yeah. right? And if you know that you're uh, doing that. Uh, based on, if you knew what the halo effect is, you gave a name to it, you gave a definition to it. It wasn't just something that you assign or you don't even assign. This is just unconscious. This is something you automatically do. Well, let's say you're somebody who's a reactive sort of individual, right? But you've given a name to this phenomenon. You've given a, a label to it. You can recognize when you do it, right? Well, then it, at, you add that level of self-awareness there, right? Where you may, instead of having be reactive the next time you may be, uh, not to sound self helpy proactive, right, right. right? You may then be able to take control of that situation and experience a sort of growth in that aspect. Cause you won't be behaving the same way over and over again with these people that you uh, automatically think are amazing just because they're attractive, let's mm-hmm. say. Right. Um, but yeah, to answer what you were, your question, um, how could I not talk about Rogan, mm-hmm. right? Like Joe Rogan, right? So first of all, I first heard of Joe Rogan when I used to listen to Opie and Anthony. Uh, their, their show that was like um, Howard Stern. It's like a, you could call it like a comedy uh, sort of radio show. That was on uh, SiriusXM. Actually, it went through a lot of different stations, but the last iteration of it was on SiriusXM. So I'd listen to this show all the time. How did I get into it? I forget. I think I you remember this website, newgrounds.com. No. Or E-Balms World. No. Okay. All right. So that's fine. That's fine. Okay, that's probably good that you didn't know uh-huh. that. That that explains a lot, actually. So, but, um, yeah, uh, I got introduced them through like a, a like a clip on there. Got interested in that show. Started listening to that show. I got into the people on the show. I thought they had wonderful. What was cool about Opie and Anthony, by the way, was that um, Opie sort of took a liberal sort of um, perspective to everything. And Anthony took a very um, conservative uh, perspective. And then Jim Norton, who's a comedian who started out on that show, wouldn't start out, but he he was a big part of that show. Um, he had a very balanced perspective. So all these three people in unison, the way that they would talk about things, whether it's from a comedic standpoint or an actual just social, um, psychological perspective. Like, for example, they used to talk about, um, uh, guns on the show mm-hmm. and, and the subject of like, uh, whether you should, um, uh, because of school shootings and all this should, should you, uh, should guns be banned or that kind of conversation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, di- didn't mind if they're banned, if you don't have access to a gun, mm-hmm then how can you perform a crime, right? simple as that. If you don't have it, you can't do this shit. If, you, if people just had knives, it's not like with a knife, you can, you know, with like an automatic rifle, like shoot like a lot of people at once, it, you're limited. All the other people can see you're stabbing somebody and run away, right? Okay, that's logical. Uh, Anthony, however, took a different stance. He said, no, it's my uh, second amendment right. Um, I want to be able to protect myself. What about all the legal firearms that criminals uh potentially get a hold of? And then he cited like Chicago as an example of a place where uh the gun laws are very strict, but it has the highest crime rate um in the country. And then he started talking about stuff like that. And like the way I grew up was a very um everything catered towards uh that sort of um and I, I like it. I Don't get me wrong. I, I really like this sort of way, like that liberal sort of mindset, because, you know, grew up in New York. Right. right? So uh, it, it gives you that sort of um, and you get and you grew up in, in diversity, like all my friends, every single like is from everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. So that I love These things. There's just, but there's certain things that were like also taught to me, like oh, guns automatically bad. This, you know, like these things automatically bad. And then when I would hear these other perspectives, it's not like I immediately changed my mind. Oh, like because you have to have some level of discernment. You can't just automatically, you know, you hear an opposing argument that sounds good. Obviously, you're not going to just go with it right away, but. If you're open enough to take it in, it does start to make you think and consider like, oh, okay, I didn't see it that way, right? Right. And, um, and isn't and, and so, isn't
1: like that the point of like the, these podcasts, right? Like they're pretty much like they give you these nuanced perspectives that when you're in kind of like a bubble or whatever, you don't really get whether we're talking about like the media or uh, whether we're talking about. I mean, not necessarily newspapers, because that's that's not a fair assessment, but let's say maybe the online kind of platforms that most people are used to reading. Right. So for my thinking, it's like with the podcast, a lot of times you get um, you get people who just who kind of see the world in a much more, I guess, for lack of a better term, complete way, where they could kind of see people, they could see different arguments and they could even see people. Right. Um, As Sometimes kind of not fully informed, right? Not to say that they're wrong or they're right per se, but to say that there's much more sort of nuance and there's much more complexity than what we're kind of used to sort of being. I want. I was gonna say bombard with, which is not maybe maybe not a fair term, but what we're pretty much given. Yeah.
0: No, it's. I agree with you. No, I, yeah, I agree with you because, um, in fact, it was. I had this hunch like ever since I was a little kid because I, I always had this thing where whenever I would have opinions about things. I always considered them from like a million different, well, not literally a million different perspectives, but I I noticed that it was very, uh, different than how I saw most people doing things. Not to say like, Oh, this is some special way of thinking, blah, blah, blah. I was very, because of that style of thinking, I was also very reactive and had a lot of flaws. So it's not a perfect mindset to start out with. You have to like integrate, um, a way to, you know, be in the world uh, with, with that, you know, looking at all these different perspectives. Cause if you, if you, if you're so reactive to all these different perspectives mm-hmm. that, that your focus is to spread out, right. there were people who were, that I respected who had very, um, very narrowly focused certain perspectives on mm-hmm. things. And because of that certainty, they were also very, just they were very congruent. They felt very, um, good to be around too. So that's actually uh, there's things wrong with it. But the thing is um, when I started hearing like a show, like Opie and Anthony, that was one of my first times being introduced to nuanced thinking in a way, although I didn't even know it was called nuanced thinking at the time. Um, I couldn't give a name to it and understand Mm -hmm. like, what is this thing where you think in different perspectives, right? Um, In fact, Uh, back to Rogan, because it's kind of like where it started. He was a guest on their show and many times. And anytime I listened to him talk, he did that thing that I resonated with, where he looked at things from multiple different perspectives. In fact, he would even edit himself while he's saying something and also point out what may be wrong with what he said, Mm -hmm. which I thought was crazy because nobody did that as far as what I was used to. Like, I felt like I was the only person who uh, tried to do that because there, I would get into like lots of uh, um, arguments with people and stuff like that. And uh, I used to try to like get them to come to my side by saying like, no, no, here's what's wrong with I'm, what I'm saying. See, I'm willing to admit it. Right. I'm willing to admit there's something wrong with what I said. So like, could you do that, too? They didn't. Right. And I didn't know how the mechanics or the, the, sorry, the dynamics of that worked. Um, but yeah, I, I listened to him on that show, uh, always had these balanced opinions. Also, um, interesting ways of looking at things. Like, I feel bad that like, I don't have a specific example coming up. Like, I almost want to mention like his perspective on, uh, marijuana and psychedelics and stuff like that, but right. it's not, but nothing specific comes to me to really wax on. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But he, why I brought up Opie and Anthony, he also, because he was a guest on there, that's how I was introduced to him. So that's how I found out about his podcast. In fact, he actually credits the creation of his podcast to one of the hosts, Anthony Kumia, because what happened is uh, Anthony, uh, you know, these people are rich because of their successful radio show. So he builds a, like a recording studio in his mm-hmm. basement. It looks so professional, desk graphics in the background like you don't you didn't really see anybody doing this kind of thing mm-hmm. except for maybe tom green yeah, uh, yeah first, but tom green did that first show right yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and this thing was just like that
1: mm-hmm. all right alan we gotta yeah. wrap up ma'am. so <laughs> so i know since we're doing uh two shows today it's time we gotta wrap up so like what would you sort of recommend oh she answered of, yeah we're good so uh oh, so what i would you, you okay what, what so what would you recommend in terms of like podcast suggestions right if not let's say particular episodes or rather even particular series what would you suggest in terms of particular themes like what sort of podcast should people be looking for
0: hmm well um, I guess it just depends on that's 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 a weird question actually not to push I mean, back I, I just feel like I, I guess it depends on their on their interest. Like for example, if somebody is looking for um, motivation, uh, purpose, mm, a way to sort of understand like the dynamics of social situations and and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Um, Lex Friedman is good. Um, Eric Weinstein's podcast, although he hasn't uh, released an episode in a while, but uh, that's somebody who's good. Um Rogan is definitely good all around. You're definitely gonna get some slice of life that you um care about by listening to to Rogan. It just depends on the on the episode and the guest. Um, mm-hmm. so that's the thing. Like you'd have to maybe look for a guest that um you think is interesting that maybe you wanna um uh, get into as far as that goes. Um Absolutely. Tim Ferris is is excellent Mm -hmm. yeah
1: all right well what about you what do you think uh so okay I'm, i'm gonna give podcast suggestions just before we go Um, So definitely Lex Friedman, 100%. I mean, obviously I was the one who brought it up. The Hidden Brain is a really great one if you just really want to understand like how our minds work and why we make these certain mistakes, not only in judgment, but also obviously just behavior overall and in decision making, which is a form of judgment, Um, but then also just in the way that we kind of like think and believe, right? So beliefs are always going to be underlying like the things that we do and think, how we feel. And so what this, what I guess what makes this podcast so cool is that it kind of gives you a template for understanding why you kind of fall into certain traps of thinking so i love that and then um, if there's a last one honestly man just like for a fun podcast i would recommend the frank caliendo podcast just first of all i love frank caliendo as a comedian he's funny as fuck and then like they just shoot the shit about like sports life whatever once in a while they'll have like a i don't know somebody who's into politics on it which is cool and it's like it'll kind of be like a curveball because you're like what the fuck what are they doing like why is this guy on Um, but for the most part it's like just a bunch of guys hanging out
0: you know what, now that we're on the comedy, uh, line of things. Okay. I'm going to just suggest a few, uh, mm-hmm. tiger belly is one, uh, with Bobby Lee, uh, history hyenas with Chris Stefano and Giannis Papas, um, got podcast with Bill Burr. Um, there's a, there's another one called two bears, one cave, Tom Segura mm-hmm. and Burt Kreischer. Yeah. Um, you got me going now that you mentioned, like, I was like, oh, I could talk about comedy. Oh, by okay. the way, by the um, way,
1: by the way, just before, um before you continue. So with, um so there's this football player named Warren Sapp, who was like, on you know, on the Tampa Bay Bucks who was like. On he's going to be
0: on their live show.
1: Yes, yes. Yeah, they're doing two bears and one buck, <laughs> which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I like how they're promoting it, too. They're like, oh, we're going to see a special show live. They can't say that they're watching the Super mm-hmm. Bowl. Cause that that's gonna be illegal or something you can't like stream it or something right. so yeah um but yeah there there's a lot of really really good ones I like uh I like Whitney Cummings I like uh and Annie Letterman uh me inspiration yeah. uh, she's amazing like she's actually like my favorite um one of my favorite comics uh kill Tony uh but yeah I digress. guess I could actually keep naming podcast and like I, I see we have a guest coming in so uh, yeah. i guess we should just end it off there yeah so uh, guys if you want to follow us follow us at seize the moment podcast on facebook and on instagram and at seize underscore podcast on twitter like subscribe hit the hit the bell. Bell.
1: <laughs> and then yeah I'll see you guys and, next week
0: uh, thank you <laughs> that's right thank you so much for watching and just like leon said see you guys next week